That's probably a little good transition for you, though. I think so. I think yeah. it's a, it's finally a career, which is, you know... But you've it, had other careers. I have, but, uh, you know, I I haven't been satisfied with the long-term view of those careers, right? Well, you know, What's going to make you feel like this one is going to be satisfying? Well, the, you'll want to stay into this one and not do something else. Well, this one starts out at a, at a much higher pay grade, oh. which is always comfortable, right? I mean... You know, and at my age, more cheddar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More cheddar. You're young, dude. You're not that old, though. But well, any, I, I think any that. age, the more cheddar, the better, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. So well, so I think that, you know, I mean, and, you know, it's a four-year plan with that. And then you come out of that a journeyman. And, that's and four years before you're, like, before, um, I'm, uh, before I'm legit. So you're working, but you're Yeah, you're, you're, you're paid out the gate. That's good. You're paid out the gate, and you yeah. have a certain amount of requirements as far as like hours, and plus you're doing schooling at the same time that oh. you need to get in order to achieve that journeyman status. Yeah. So it's kind of your three careers that I'm aware of are so different from one another. Yeah. Right. Right. So that fucking ambitious voice is a uh, is a good friend of mine and my guest today as we sit in lovely Portland, Oregon. That's right. This is Mr. Brian Southard, Doctor Brian Southard. What up, DB? He's going to be an electrician. Right. Hopefully. He's, uh, also, uh, what we call a merch guy. He travels with your favorite bands and artists and sells their merchandise all around the world, touring, makes them money because everything else costs them money. And yeah. he's a farmer in the cannabis industries within the states of Oregon and That's Washington, true. Oregon. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon. What Oregon. Do you do? Oregon. I mean, I'm, I'm a transplant, essentially. Yeah. I've been here for the better part of What do they say? What do they 20. say? They say Oregon. Who says Oregon? Oregon. People that aren't from here. I'm not from here. I think I say it right. Oregon. Yeah, right? that's it. Yeah. Anyway, this guy's got a lot of fucking, uh, what do they call it? Fires in the oven? oven sure. The, irons in the fire. Fires yeah. in the oven. Jesus Christ, Jake. But, um, Master of many trades. Yeah. Or no, uh, Jack of all Jack trades. Of all Master, trades. Of, Master of fucking none of them. And for you guys that are like listening, you can't hear my hat. I'm wearing a fucking scally cap backwards or a kangle, so I look yeah. like Samuel L. Jackson right now. Yeah, they could never hear you. I would hat. never wear this out like this in public. I'm just... It's too hot in this goddamn room. Yeah. It's warm. So yeah, so Brian and I were at uh, lunch earlier, and, and I think it was just before we started, and you were just, you know, talking about success and, and you know, you've got a new career thing and feelings yeah. of success and shit, but what is that, what's the success you're looking for? What's your the definition you're looking for? Because that's something that uh, uh, is different for everybody. Uh, it's a combination of things. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely stability. You know, I got to get into something that's got uh, long-term stability and and cheddar. You know, it's got to pay well. I mean, my time's important. And explain to people, like, why that doesn't exist in the touring world when you work in music and touring. <clears throat> this is going to be really easy for you. So, you know, <laughs> I can equate to, I can equate the weed game with the the merch music. game. Yeah. And it's all the same. It's begging for steaks. Look. Yeah. It's seasonal. Unless you've been doing this shit since you were a kid and you know everybody, like there's a lot of old school dudes out there oh, yeah. and, they, and they, you know, they work year round or unless you have a really skilled part of that trade, you know, like Warren or, or any of those techs, Some you know, a very special set of skills. Yeah. Right? Those people are in demand. You know, those are the guys that are in high demand. And when you look at, uh, you know, on down that ladder, the merch guy, 
the merch guy typically doesn't even work for the band. He works for a company yeah, that's employed by the band. So, you know, the the glory days back in the day was like, oh, shit, yeah, I got to pass. I'm out on the road. This is great. I'm part of the, the scene. And you are, but you're not, yeah. you know? And so it goes back to the begging for steaks. It's great money. You know, it's really good money, but it doesn't last. And when it doesn't last, you know, what are you going to do? And I imagine like in, in the cannabis industry, this is something that um, I spoke about on a recent episode, is that even in states like Oregon and Washington where the, the business is just that, a business, federally mm-hmm. speaking, it's not. So there's always a small chance you can get screwed out of your business completely, sure. not only legally fucked, but like when they take everything and break everything sure. and shit. So it's not like, you know, you're if you are an electrician, the government's not going to come in and destroy all your wires and shit no. and burn it down randomly one day, even if you've been legally doing that electric shit in whatever state you live in. Right. Electrician But you shit. know, I mean, even think about it. So the electrician has to go to the grow and he's got to hook it up. Yeah. Right? So he's got that gig. So he gets that shit going. But when there's a problem, guess what? They're going to call that electrician back. That electrician's going to come back. He's going to work on a little bit more. He's got more work out of that gig. You know, and the, and the weed game's just one part of that whole aspect of that. You know, ideally for me, you know, I love water. You love water. Best. We love and, that uh, shit. We need know, it. I'm fortunate enough to live in an area that's surrounded by water. So, Beautiful. you know, in, in my neighborhood, there's barge lines. And what I would really love to do is get a job with one of those barge lines, you know? I mean, who wouldn't want to work cool. on the water if you Dark love shit. the water? Yeah. Marlon Brando. What is the, what's the one? <laughs> All along the waterfront? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I mean, I would like to take that certification or, or that, you know, that new step in my life. I would love to get something under my belt that secures me with a stable job that's got great pay. Reasonable, reasonable and, request. And work it into other aspects. I also think the the illest part about it is something that I've done my whole life and I probably will always continue to do. My father does it, so it's just in my genes, but I I encourage people to do this and we talk about this on the podcast a lot too is challenging yourself sure. as you grow continually right yeah. there's like you are talking about a third career there's people who go fresh out of high school fresh out of college one thing right whole life right right and and not just in their professional lives but even in people's personal lives if you if you like to play guitar that's all you like to do you will only do that they don't you're not going to try yeah. to teach yourself drums at 33 or they're not going right. to learn how to surf at 34 people don't like to challenge themselves right. as they get older you've it's harder to learn things as you get older yeah but in you know we get comfortable we we don't want to we don't want to challenge our egos we like what we know but you know dude it's, there's something cool and and very valuable about learning new shit no matter how old you get it keeps you young yeah keeps you hungry keeps you learning more and just makes you fucking challenges yeah, man and you so, have a lot of fun dude you, you know you gotta like, think about it you know it's not only like physically challenging your body mental, to sustain dude. yeah you gotta do both yeah to get that longevity that we all seek out of life you know yep. I mean I don't know about you but I wanna live to at least be in my hundreds and that's yeah. just not hundred I mean hundreds yeah you know, I mean, and, the world and may be healthy, shitty. Enjoying it, yeah. Though. Not just you're on your hundreds in a fucking wheelchair, shriveled up, but be on yeah. like, do well, things. Yeah, I don't want older. that. Push me over the fucking cliff if that Deal. happens. Deal. <laughs> Shaking on it. Deal. <laughs> you got it. You guys heard it here first. I'm pulling the plug on Brian Southard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think also it um it humbles you, right? If you've been really good at whatever graphic design your whole life, and that's all you've done, and you're the right. fucking shit at it, and you get paid good from your job. You, you're not, you haven't been humble since you learned how to do graphic design or interning, right? Right. Or whatever the job you're doing. But when you have to learn or want to learn something new, 
no matter how old you are, right? You're in your 40s. 40s, thanks. Sorry, I didn't yeah. want to date you. All right. 44. And you're about to learn a whole new trade, right? You're yeah. about to go through a, an extensive I'll process. I'll be 48, right? uh, technically 49, when I even become a certified and it's humbling, electrician. Dude. Yeah. I, I taught myself how to play guitar when I was 30. Yeah, and I and learn how to surf right around then. Wow, and uh, you know, no shit. Surfing so you got you're out there, and there's a fucking ten year old kid ripping these waves. Yeah, and a grandmother ripping these waves, and you just got tossed and fucked up. It's humbling. I might have been great at X, Y, and Z my whole life. Yeah, I might have been a tough guy doing this or that, and you get out there, whatever it is you're doing new, and you got to start from scratch again. And it humbles you in that it really is good for you because then when you do get good at whatever it is you're learning, you're not a fucking dick about it. You're right. understanding, you know? Right. No, I don't think enough of us get humbled as we uh, I think everybody needs to be humble Fuck in everything yeah. they One do. One way or another, yeah. it'll come, something will humble you yeah. if you don't humble yourself, you know? Um, that's why I think like, uh, things like, like, like martial arts or, or, some kind of why contact thing. Why are those thing? dudes always the nicest fucking Because they know dudes. what it's like to get hit in the yeah. face. You know, yeah. the guys who'd want to go start fights and dickheads are just the frat You never got to worry about the asshole. Because you've been, yeah. even if you're good at your martial art or boxing or, or whatever, even if you're awesome at you've been hit in the face, you, sure. you, you've probably lost, you've sparred, you've something. It's humbling, yeah. dude. Yeah. So you're not a dick. You know what the repercussion can feel like. Right. That's why, don't fucking take this crazy, everybody. <laughs> That's why, like, people always say, like, you know, girls will start talking shit to another guy and then get their boyfriends and fights and shit because the, the girl generally... I know there's fucked up dudes out in the world. Generally, at least in America, women don't get a physical repercussion when they talk back. So that's why, like, boyfriend gets in fights, this and that, sure. you know? Uh, guys don't talk shit to each other unless they're ready to fight because they know. Yeah. We're gonna, like, if Brian, if you come up in the fucking bar and you start talking shit to this dude, you're only talking shit because you know you're ready to fight. Yeah. Right? You know, you go out with your girl some, on a Friday and she starts mouthing off to some guy twice oh, the size. Man. She's not expecting him to hit him. I'm fucking so, so thankful my lady isn't like that. High five that. My yeah. girl's kind of like be that awful. too. My girl will get into some fights with some ladies though. Yeah. Not with dudes. She, so I not have to take her away from the fucking You know what's crazy is, uh, is I have, up, I, I have always, you know, I mean, I grew up with my brother kicking the shit out older of me. Older brother? Yeah, older brother. I mean, literally kicking the shit out of me as a kid. Like, we fucking fought. <laughs> and then that kind of carries on in life, you know? And I've been in a lot of fights, and this was yeah. like, you know... Brian's jacked. You guys can't hear how jacked he is. He's got huge arm and shoulder muscles. I haven't fucking been in uh, a real fight since I got sober. And then I met my lady, and, you know, I've been sober That's 11 years. It's funny how years. those two things add up, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, well, what's, what's crazy, and I know that I've, like, literally, like, fucking, you know, gritted my teeth and gone, like, let me get him, you know? But yeah. she don't let me do any of that shit. That's a good woman, dude. Yeah. You know, that's a good woman. You don't want you don't want someone encouraging you no. to get into fights. No. You know, I want my girlfriend. I mean, to I do, but I don't. Yeah. Please, I mean, I, you know, in, like, the sobriety thing, I'm sure yeah. you get in less fights. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to go out and be an asshole to anybody. You know, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to give in to temptation quite as easy with that. You know, I mean, it's amazing. I bet you also go out less because you're not drinking and partying. I don't go out. So you at have all, less dude. of a chance of getting in fights, right? Man, I, I go to bed at eight thirty if I can, brother. <laughs> I envy you. You sound like my father. I, I, dude, I wake up early. Um, I work when I out have at to. a community center. This is also a great thing. I work out at a community center where Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they got 70 to 90-year-old people that come in there and have completely shattered my expectations of what it's like yeah. to be that age and to be, be healthy, fucking bro. active. Yeah. You can be... Uh people have these misconceptions of what it's like to be in your 60s. Right. Right? My yeah. father is... Uh, 
He's like 67, right? He's a big dude. He's like my height, a little more big. Yeah. Lifts weights all the time. Yeah. He got into playing tennis when he was older because it was easier on his body. You know, he swims. He still cuts trees down with a chainsaw for fun. Nice. Like, he fucking builds things. He's in his. Where's weight. your dad live at? He's in Mexico. He's Mexico. Yeah, yeah. You get in trouble? Nah. <laughs> uh, if you if he did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Is he not know. allowed back here? No, he, he can go. Can he go right to Canada? Right now. Yeah. Well, you could probably fucking bring an arsenal of AK-47s into Mexico before you could just go to Canada. Yeah. Uh, as a pass, as a what do you call it? A, a civilian. No, they don't even want. They don't even want your fucking. Something money. that we know very well in the music touring thing, right? Yeah. Maybe some of you listeners who've just gone to Canada for fun and stuff, you don't know this, but um, we travel to Canada all the time for music and we're always on these big tour buses and we have working visas and passports and it's a very organized thing. These people know we're coming through working for some big bands or artists sure. that are bringing money to whatever city. But Canada has extremely strict border laws when you're when you're driving in, not flying in. And so oftentimes on every crew, there's always a guy or two of us, depending on what your record looks like, they'll th send you back. They hate yeah. uh, felony assaults and they hate felony yeah. drug charges. So yeah. if you have those, you're not getting in. They don't like any assaults. And they're assaults. hard on you. Yeah. They rip you all up. No, rip you up. They take you off the bus. They ask you, you know, a couple questions, but they're not easy on you, dude. I fly into like Mexico. I drive into Mexico. Fucking other <laughs> they don't countries, give a fuck. Colombia, yeah. Panama, all these crazy places. Nothing, dude. Driving yeah. into Canada to work to make money for that area. Yeah. They don't want me. They're fucking no. hard. My father told me what happened was because he used to work in and out of Canada a lot on the, the like uh, Quebec side, you know, Montreal, whatever. America on the border was really harsh on the Canadians in the early mid eighties. And then eventually they just flipped the script. Canada's no like, shit. Oh, we're, we're, well, fuck you. We're going to do that. And then they're probably like, Hey, we got a pretty good thing over here. We got like free healthcare and free education and low crime rates. Well, you, why do you want to come here? Fuck you. Yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. Well, it's all nine 11 happened and that changed everything. I mean, I, that's true. I used to be allowed in Canada and for those of you listening, I'm not allowed in Canada. Not you're. Not, I, I am allowed, but I can't afford it. Yeah, there, yeah, you can um, pay lawyers, and there's uh, some kind of legal forms of documents. I've heard it, you know, three, yeah, four, it's expensive, five, five grand. And yeah. uh, and even when you have it, you still have they'll still pull you aside, take you to the room alone, and, yeah. and you have to explain it, show the documents. They have to verify sure. it. Sure, it's not it's like it's a hassle-free thing. Yeah, it's still a hassle, but at least you'll get in there. Yeah, you know? I was out with Dane Cook. So the first he's from, time uh, he's from fucking uh, Arlington, Mass., which is a suburb of Boston. Yeah. So I was out doing this Dane Cook tour, and my good buddy Gene Didn't Huff. His merch? You did his merch? Yeah. Gene I was Huff. The assistant. Yeah. Gene Huff. You know Gene? Why do I know this name? Oh, Gene I Huff. I love Gene. That's like my mentor. A merch? He's a merch dude. Yeah. He's I the know guy. this dude. Yeah, he's the greatest, man. He's I'm having good. a stoner epiphany. Anyway, continue, yeah, Brian. Yeah, he's been doing it forever. So uh, I know that fucking guy. We knew each other because, uh, I'll take it back a minute. We knew each other because we worked on Tony Hawk together. And I wasn't a merch guy. On Tony Hawk, the video game? Yeah, no, I used to work for Tony Hawk. Doing what? That was, I didn't know this. I was for four and a half years. What did I, he need a merch guy for? Uh, I was, well, he was doing that Boom Boom Huck Jam tour. But I, I wasn't the, the merch fuck? guy what, what, when what I worked with this? him. Explain all this. I yeah, I wasn't, this was like my first touring gig. Wait, what's the Boom Boom Huck Jam? Oh, that used to be that skate park tour he did. I yeah. I, see, I, dude, I was a huge skater from Before 10 to 20. Before the X Games got huge. Like he, so you're talking well, about... The, yeah, he had his own like touring thing. He uh, had skaters and he had some BMX guys. Oh, so and, it was just like... Yeah, like, yeah and like, it was like a traveling demo, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he had, like, like, it's like, oh, yeah, was it like Birdhouse's company shit? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it was Tony Hawk stuff, oh, okay. so I guess that's one and the same. Yeah. But, yeah uh, it was like a skate demo tour. Yeah, like, but big that's, budget. that's where I met Gene, and Gene was the merch guy then. And that's how I knew him. Um, but anyway, then fast forward to the Canada stuff. So uh, I had, you know, I was working production. I was not 
a merch guy oh. when I started in this industry. So I used to production. do production. And then the recession hit in 2008 and it fucked all the driving gigs. Yeah. yeah. And then they would give those driving gigs to like the production manager who would also do yeah. front of house. Yeah, so. the dudes have to wear multiple hats. Yeah. Um, so he got me into merch. He asked if I wanted to do merch as his assistant and, you know, as far as the music industry goes, that's been the hat that I've wore since, you know, and, you know. Did you, uh, did you ever, like, kick it with Tony? Uh, you know, I was the production assistant on one of those gigs I did with him, and I got to pick him and his wife and his kids up a lot, and he's a nice fucking dude. Yeah. And if there's any tour that I could, I was pissed when the guy that I worked for got fired Cause you know they clean house when when they get rid of one they they just yeah, the next guy yeah. comes and he's got all his buddies that he wants to employ yeah, so yeah, that's I was goes. out the door on that but uh, that would be the one gig I would go back in a heartbeat everybody from top to bottom hands down no fucking ego you know aside from Slayer uh, but everybody there took hands down just fucking like total true gentleman that's interesting man yeah like I've I've never done a tour that wasn't um, like music related and you're talking about you know two right there Dane Cook comedian yeah. and Tony Hawk pro skater so that I'd love to see what a tour life is like not on mu like a music tip you know yeah what is so the company I work for they it's also great. have they have some comedians <laughs> and, and you know people who just should like, do just that speaking shit. What, what is it like when you just go with a comedian like how is it one Dude, half a bus like what is it uh, I mean it's super easy it just depends on their production really I mean and he, you you're know, slang, I guess you slanging be... Dane Cook t-shirts yeah. What does he have? Like, what does a, oh, dude, what does a comedian's was, merch look like? He was selling. Well, I know that's when he was doing arenas. Well, he was yeah, huge. Yeah, he was playing like where the fucking bowl's playing. He's selling that shit out. And I, you know, honestly, I didn't think he was funny. So, Jake the Snake, fun fact, I was never a huge Dane Cook fan. No. Right? And he was coming out of Boston when I was, well, I was young. I was like probably 21 or whatever. He's blowing yeah. up. And uh, this girl I was dating at the time. Uh, thought he was hilarious. I was like, this is like frat boy humor. This is terrible. You know, especially where I was at at that time, there's no way I could have thought that was funny. And he was super popular of whatever, not into him. Years pass. And, you know, like I heard sh like other comedians would, would talk shit about him, saying he stole some things from this dude or whatever. Right. And I don't know, years go by and he kind of doesn't like go away, but his popularity dwindled. He wasn't like that big dude anymore. And then I heard um, like a lot of other comedians talk about his shit and even though they were like, yeah, we, I didn't really like his shit, but I respected him and this and that. And yeah. So now I actually do, I, I don't not like him anymore, Oops. but I don't, I still don't like the his old shit's funny though. Well, you know what I had to stop fucking saying, whether it was with a comedian or an athlete or a musician, you know, it took me a long time to say, you know, I used to always, you know, be forthright and say, oh, I think that sucks or that music sounds yeah. like shit. It's not your but you know, it doesn't, it's not shit because obviously it's fucking selling. Yeah. And you just don't like it. Yeah, it's just not you know? your vibe. But, you know, even though I don't like Dane Cook uh, or I didn't think he was funny, man, he's selling Sell out, out of big arenas, arenas and yeah. shit, right? And, uh, you know, and it takes, a, it takes a, a lot of, you know, a lot of nerve to go out there and fucking do that. You know, I mean, I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm and I mean I'm that's like that. that's successful. I mean, I know there's people I like as artists that I'm sure people pull apart and yeah. hate on their shit. And of I, course, so I get it. You know, I think when it's like when it's a uh, artist critiquing another artist in the same profession, the same realm, like a, a comedian speaking about another comedian, like comedians saying why they don't like Dan Cook. I listen to it with more validity because it's not just like the opinion sure. of a fan, like my taste. Because they know. Yeah, exactly. They know yeah. what goes into making the art. Like, I, you know, I'll be critical of certain, um, you know, musicians and artists because I know what it takes to write, record, perform. And so when I see people, even if they're just successful or popular at the moment, 
I can tell if there wasn't a, a lot that went into their art or, or didn't even have to. Like, they yeah. didn't even care to. And that's what bums me out. So I know, like, when comedians were saying he, he had stole material or he was doing, like, kind of stupid shit, I get it. Especially yeah. if you're a hardworking comedian that hasn't hit that success level, right. then you get a little bitter. Sure. And you feel like you got skipped over. Yeah. Uh, but I still listen to their words with a little validity. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but I'm like, I get why. They might just talk shit. But if a fan doesn't like it, it's just because you don't like it. Like, I don't like country music, yeah. but I also don't understand it. So that's apparently it's popular. People love it. So, you know, it's I don't my favorite tree. The what? It's my favorite tree. What? Country, country music is a tree? I don't get it. Country tree? Country. Yeah, a- oh, oh, right over my head. Boom, boom. Get with it. Here we He'll go. He'll be here all weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The Friday night show is <laughs> different than the Saturday night show. Brian Southard. That's right. See, maybe you are. You Maybe you're the next Dan Cook. I doubt it. A lot of, uh, a lot of quality comedians come from Boston or the Boston area in Massachusetts. I didn't know that. Well, Dane Cook's from, uh, I, I want to say he's from Arlington. This is guy, Pete Holmes, who's fucking hilarious. He has a yeah. show on HBO. He's from the same suburb. Louis C.K. is from a suburb. Mm-hmm. Dennis Leary's from Worcester. Yeah. Um, David Cross came up in Boston, as well as Janine Garofalo in their comedic scenes. Okay. Patrice O'Neill, who's wow. passed away. Bill Burr. Jesus. Uh, fucking Lenny, Lenny Clark. Uh, God, there's a lot more of them. Dude, Stephen Wright, you know, like in uh, Reservoir Dogs, sure. the, the narrator voice who's on the radio. With yeah. the, he's from Boston. Bueller. Uh, yeah, Boston had a very popular comedic scene in the 80, early uh, 90s, late 80s. Very wow. popular. A lot of very famous people who blew up in that time period. Not so much anymore. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Look yeah. at that fucking like memory you have. I, I couldn't tell you like how many people were at my house today. I couldn't tell you that either. No. Did you have a lot of people at the house? Well, I mean, there were like four people at one point, <laughs> but, you know, I would have to think about it. But there you were. You were spitting off. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking good with dumb shit like that. Yeah. My mother's like, but she's got je- dumb, Jeopardy like, memory. Yeah. It's, that's... It's, it's good memory. It's just very hard to find a use for it. Yeah. Unless you're on Jeopardy. I wish you could take my math test for me. Oh, no, no. That is Jake the Snake's weak point. <laughs> Do not give me the math tests. I'm an English history dude. I'm good at writing, yeah. philosophizing, bullshitting, art classes. No uh, science I suck at and definitely math. I'm pretty stoked about the math right now. The only time I got a good grade in math is because I had to repeat the class. <laughs> you already done all this shit. I was good at everything else, but dude, my math grades were always yeah. pits. But they taught me like, okay, I never used geometry or algebra. Why didn't you teach me how to do my fucking taxes? Did you, did you graduate? Co- high school? Yeah, yeah, dude, I went to college. Yeah, see, I was a man. semester away from a master's degree in psychoanalysis. Wow. I went to college for music. Yeah. And then... Years down the line, I had this so what intense you, passion to be a psychoanalyst. What did you do with all that, though? I had a band, and I toured for years. I had a solo career. I fucking made music. I played shows all over the country. I went to yeah. Japan. I got press. No I was shit. on websites, commercial radio stations, articles. Yeah. Uh, made some money. Fucking had fun. Released Why'd a bunch you, of albums. What flipped? Uh, I did it for a while, and then I started plateauing. Where yeah. I wasn't, in, I was making money, but then I wanted, you know, you're getting older, and it's not, money it's a, wasn't coming more money. You it's know? a tough game, man. It wasn't making more money, and the band at the time I had too, like, it, it, I was, we didn't really have a solid management situation, so I wasn't just uh, doing the artistry. I had to do the, I had to go left brain, right brain, left manager, brain, right dude. brain, yeah. and it was killing my vibe to take care of business, and then have to go back to making music, and it was expensive. Yeah. I, you know, being in control of four other people. Were you working a, a real job no, then too? No. So you were fully yeah. committed. Yeah, I had some investments, yeah. but I was fully committed, and I'd moved to New York from yeah. Boston because I did everything musically I could do in Boston, all the accolades I could do. Moved to New York, we got new management, got yeah. to travel, play shows all over the, you know, everywhere, Killer. and then I also I just got super sick of the music industry. I I got into such a low point with P 
people who weren't artists that I had to work with. Yeah. Just it soured me. That's the big really, misconception. It bummed me out yeah. so much and it, and it makes me sound like a bitter old man, but it killed my vibe so much I just stepped away. Like yeah. every, and this sounds bad cuz I'm not bad mouthing people I worked with, but people in these kind of roles like managers and bloggers and radio promo and radio DJs and, yeah. and guys at the labels and A&Rs and anyone who wasn't basically a creator. Yeah. I just started to see the pariah within them yeah. and it's not their fault the industry makes them like that and it just was soul sucking and I was doing things I didn't even want to be doing I was making compromises I regretted and I looked back at it like damn I really was there was points where I was very true to my guns the whole time and then times where I strayed from it because it was I was told and I agreed with what I was told that it was going to help successfully uh, alter things if I did X, Y, or Z and I did that and I looked back like and it might have pushed the career forward but I looked back like I wish I didn't do that and that just it made me so sad with music. It, it was souring my relationship with it. So I I just wanted I didn't want to ruin music for me in total. So I'd rather I just wanted to step away from it as my career passion. Gotcha. I just didn't want to be anything in the industry like that. I'd work wow. in music like touring or podcasting, writing, broadcasting. Yeah. But I didn't want to deal with those. I didn't want to have to be an artist and play games. They all play games. Yeah. They all have to fucking play these games, man. Excuse me. Um, I have friends who are doing good now in music. Like people I've were on my level and you know, they kept going and they're doing better. And I don't mean to speak ill of them and I'm proud of their accolades, but I know where they are and I know the, like the people they're working with because I was in the same, going through the same processes, proceeds, whatever. And I can only assume they had to go and make certain concessions to get there. And so even though I'm proud of them, I see them out there posting these videos and, and tagging these guys and these events and these things. I'm like, I know they had to play some ball to do that. I know they had to yeah. sacrifice certain things to do that. And, I, and I'm like, it makes me bummed out that they, they're doing that, you know? Sure. But like, also, I'm the guy who said, fuck it and ran away from it, yeah. which you could also look down on me for. So, I mean, it just, that shit sickens me. Sorry, that was my rant. Rant's over. Rant's <laughs> over. But yeah. yeah, it ruined my relationship with music for a short amount of time. Yeah. Even as a fan. But also touring... And being a performer and then working in touring ruins my experience to go out to music all the time anyway. Yeah, it's kind of fucked, isn't it? You know, I mean, I usually don't get out of the house to go see a show unless I'm getting paid. Because you fucking do it because you're on tour all the time. Why why are you going to do that, right? Right. Well, and see, that's... You know that's a big uh, a big reason for wanting to make the career change too. So you can have that. There's no retirement time. in this industry, man. Dude, you'll There's be dying on years the fucking old, road, fucking lifting things old, bitter, estranged from your relationships. Yeah, learning to live on a bus. If and, you're good enough to find a lady that fucking will put up God with your being her, gone and your bullshit, you better you better keep God that bless one. Bless her. I, yeah. I've definitely seen a lot of um, failed relationships on the road or ones that are clinging to existence and. Distances from their child, their yeah, children. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I don't have kids. I yeah, couldn't imagine here. that. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not even married, so like, you yeah. know, I'm not in that position. Well, this right? world's so fucked up. I mean, I wouldn't want to yeah, have kids now the, anyway. That's always the thing, right? People say yeah. that. I used to I think mean, that look at the homeless problem. It's, it's, it's crazy. There. Nice segue, baby. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's funny because we just came from, um, I'm from Salt Lake City the other day, and now we're in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I live in California, and these are all three cities slash states. Salt Lake's fucking gross. Insanely large wow. homeless population. Like blocks. And uh, my friend, he lives there. Um, I've in noticed a camp? It. I've noticed it for years, and, and he explained to me that it's a lot of people, you know, they're always migrating west, right? Whether it's Oregon, you yeah. know, Seattle, or California, it's like the motherland of homeless because it's warm. Stop. But they don't make it all the way over. Well, or they get to Salt Lake, yeah. and you might set up shop because it's a little warmer. And they also have a lot of... Um, 
shelters and, 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 and services for the homeless and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, I mean, I, I talked about this on the fucking damn... See, now my memory sucks dick. This is the weed smoker memory. A few uh -oh. episodes ago, me and a guest, I can't recall, <clears throat> who we discussed uh, homeless situations. And Okay, my friend, she works in drug rehab in Canada for, with homeless people. What up, Stephanie? Sorry. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I asked her, is there, any, is there any... Can we solve it? Like, seriously, not being cynical or anything. And she had answers because she works in the field and had like the list that you always probably have as a rebuttal. But what do you, what do you think? Because you live in a city that's Here's, got a growing well, you know, I mean, it, it is an insane. Well, it's uh, big time. It's an epidemic uh, out here. It's it's an epidemic everywhere. Uh, it's yep. obviously uh, directly affected from the opioid epidemic. Yep. You know, big pharma making money, uh, selling stocks, and fucking getting people hooked that didn't need that shit. Family and friends of mine dead because of that shit. But you know what? I mean, and, and that's sad. And, and in all seriousness, that's the saddest fucking thing to me. Um, that's you know, capitalism and it's fucking, uh, it, it's peak almost. It's yeah. It's twisted away. Yeah, it's awful. And I'm but, not anti-capitalist, but I just, that's, that's what capitalism is. That's a perfect representation. But what kills me, right? And this is, and I don't mean to downplay it, but what kills me is, why are these homeless people so shredded? Have you noticed that? Shredded? What do you mean? Like, they, like they're in great out? shape. Like, they like I look at these people and I can't help but think like, man, I fucking wish I was in what? shape like that homeless dude's in good shape. I gotta, I gotta He's see homeless no people. Shirt. Oh, you guys dude. have in Portland are different. The ones I see in LA are definitely not looking too these shredded. These motherfuckers are in shape. Oh dude. wow. Yeah, and here's the other thing. I don't get to fucking dying to tell you six that. packs and shit. Asking yeah, for change. Oh, dude, totally. I bet they get more quarters if you yeah. got to fly a six pack. I don't wear a fucking shirt because I want to. I wear it because I fucking can't control my fat, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and growing up, Sorry, I wanted a fucking, like, I looked at that family down the road that had the RV and was like, fuck, that's killer, man. Well, but it you're was, alone in there, it's cool. Yeah, but it was, family in that RV. But it was unattainable. Like, we were too poor to have a fucking RV. And now, the homeless have the RVs. Well, I still can't afford one, but a homeless guy that's fucking shredded. That's a good, well, he's not really homeless, that's a mobile home, so technically he's well, it's all right. Crazy. And you can park wherever you want. Yeah, anymore, dude. dude. I mean, Nobody I, kicks you out. I know people who like uh, live in those mostly, and they're not homeless, they have money, and they, they don't live well, in the fashion of a homeless person. They park at you know beaches and parks yeah. and shit, but they, they have money in the bank, they like to be nomadic, and yeah. they, they have a, like a fancy RV, you know, one yeah. of those ones. And oh, they pay for the, the sewer dumping and the electric? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, They're not they just parking. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can always cut corners with that. A lot of, lot of um, people I know that surf. Uh, oh, well, know, fucking that's part that's of that culture, best. though. You, you, so know, you, can, like, you can have a job in a house or apartment yeah. or whatever it is in a regular car, but you have an RV, you get to take these long trips, and it's the best. Because I've done surf camping, but you're just, we're hopping back in a... In a SUV or a van, or even sleeping in the van. But when you have the RV, dude, you don't have to set up the tent. You got sure. all you can cook right in there. It's it's awesome. Yeah. It's the shit, dude. My father has one. Um, he doesn't live in it, but you know he uh, he used to live in a trailer. I've been in trailer parks and shit. That's like trailers. That's not yeah. RVs. But this is an RV. He travels all around. It's a so in in touring like when you when you go to venues, a lot of the venues have these little sprinter vans. They run artists to and from hotels, right? And there's the Ford ones, nice. and then there's the Mercedes Benz ones. Yeah. So my father's RV was a, a giant, the biggest Mercedes Benz model that the RV company took and flipped into a sick ass RV. So it's wow. nice, you know. It's got bathroom, kitchen, yeah, big yeah. queen size bed, you know, TV. It's fun, dude. That's it's cool. why those cost sixty plus. Right? Oh, easy. Yeah. Right? I got a homie who just bought the Sprinter van, just bought the Mercedes Sprinter van back in LA. 
uh, brand new, granted, yeah. and he tricked it out for surfing, like raised it, uh, off-road tires, 60 grand. Yeah. 60 grand. It's yeah. awesome. It's killer, though. I mean, you can almost oh, stand course. up in that, you know? Yeah. You can build, like, beds in the... I mean, that's That's why, shit. like, those 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 uh, van tours that are out using that, I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah. That's not really even a van tour. It's like a mini bus. Yeah, yeah. Those are a little nicer. I mean, I've I've done other tours where we're running equipment or certain things in little, like, mm-hmm. sprinter vans and shit. They're fun. Have nice. you done small tours? Numb, sort of. Yeah. Like parts of it where we were in little vans, but not really too. Sp- I've been spoiled. I've been yeah, spoiled. I've, I've had a same. lot of big and ones. I'm the same. And I don't feel that that really is uh, uh, fair, so to speak, that I'd never really grease fair? those What's wheels. Fair? What's fucking fair, dude? Fuck fair. Well, dude. I think you got to get. crumble always. You know, man. you got to get a little. Be thankful. You, I am definitely you, thankful. You've got your hands dirty plenty. You've yeah. earned your slot. Yeah. Just because you didn't have to ride around eight deep in a sprinter van. Yeah, I know. That guy just was unlucky. You maybe. had more talent. You got to skip those steps. Look at that. <laughs> oh, think about brutal. that. Maybe that's just the way is, my mind it's works. The nature, this is National yeah. Geographic out here. We're a bunch of animals, man. You just <laughs> jump those steps. That's man. fucking true. It's real out here. We're yeah, animals first, humans second. It's yeah. terrible, but it's true. Yeah. People don't like to hear that shit. No, but it's true. Yeah, I know. Fuck them. It's real. I mean, I, I, I respect anybody who has always had to put in the work through the different levels of whatever yeah. professions. Whatever I've never had is. anything handed to me. Yeah, I've and, always and, had to. And you always have to work. And you know, there's yeah. the guy who started in the mayor room who's the CEO story and there's some guys yeah. who don't. Now, if you got this sick-ass position handed to you because your uncle or your dad you know, has like a university connect and you people. both have the college ringer, that's yeah. a little different. But if you were just so talented or so intelligently opportunistic, opportunistic. You were handed a little opportunity and you just killed it so hard and did such a good job with that opportunity, you made it blossom into something. Then you're smart. Then I reward you. You didn't have to play the game and go through every level. Or, yeah. But if you did, I respect that. You know, it's, yeah, when something's handed to you, that's a little, that's when you don't like yeah. it. You know? But I mean, too fluffy like, for me. I always use this analogy for people. And it's a weird one because it's a fucking crime gangster movie, but... So in Scarface, right? Yeah. Tony Montana is just fucking some like you know Cuban immigrant. He's you know working bullshit job, and then they get this opportunity to do this one little drug deal, which is probably only going to get them low level soldier status. They would have just been another little fucking notch on the belt or low on the totem pole of whatever gang situation. They go to that fucking hotel. That coke deal with the Colombians goes bad, but Tony is opportunistic. He handles it. He kills these guys and he gets the coke back and the money. Right. He brings it to Sosa, or not not Sosa, fucking uh, Frank. And he's so impressed with him that he bumps him up. So this guy now, he jumped 10 levels. He didn't go from, he went from mailroom almost up to CEO real quick because he was able to take this opportunity and make the best of it. And if you're ever in those positions when you're working, whatever the job is, and you get this little thing that comes across your plate, you gotta just fucking seize it and take yeah. it. But it's, sometimes it's hard to think that quick in the moment, you know, it for is. people. I find that it is if it's not meant for you, you know, good point. if it's meant for you, it's weird the way that life really fucking flows, you know, and at least that's the way that I look at it with doing so many different things is life just flows and gives you what you're supposed to get. You know, like a lot of people look at shit negatively and think like, I'm no. just so fucked. I'm cursed. You're not fucking cursed, dude. You're just not open to what's going on. Yeah. You know, open your mind, slow your roll and fucking enjoy it. You know, what do you do to. To open your mind and look at it like that. What do you do to keep that perspective? It's fucking tough, but you know, uh, um, you know, I mean, I, I just try to be real, you know, and I just try to be thankful for the things that I have, and that doesn't always happen either. But you know, I mean, there, there's the, the honest to god truth that there is no greater fucking wake up than to have tragedy in mm. your life. Oh yeah, oh at, yeah. At whatever level tragedy that is, from death 
to job loss, to fucking like illness, that shit wakes you up. It's a very good point. And if you could bottle that up, fucking man, I'd be banging that shit every day. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, it's sad to say, but reality check. Nothing like death keeps you on your toes and lets you, puts you in line with what's important and what's bullshit and what you should worry about and what you are worrying about that's fucking, you know, waste your time. Uh, incredibly well said, dude. Yeah. It, it, it sucks that it has to be sometimes something so severe yeah. to wake us up. But I mean, that's, you know, a lot of people who have stories of how they went sober. It's something sure. like that. Or, you know, okay, somebody's got a horrible diet. And now yeah. they get uh, diagnosed with diabetes. Got to change their shit up. Yeah. Or their family member or their friend has a, a horrible medical thing that makes them straighten out, you know? Yeah. Like, oh shit, I don't want to do this because he got that. Or, or a loss or a job loss, like scrambling, like what the fuck am I going to, you know, it definitely is something that's good. Because I think if, if someone's having a rough go of life, you know, a lot of things just aren't coming right. together and it's one thing after another. After It's not like, okay, I fucked up or oh, that wasn't for me. Then when it comes like three, four, five things, they start to get this. And I've been there. You start to get in this frame of mind where you do feel kind of cursed. You're like, yeah. what's fucking wrong with me? Why am I ruining everything? It's, it's now it's my fault. You start to internalize it. You and know, it's it hard to climb out of that hole I, for some people. I think that people need to be honest with themselves too, because a lot of times, shit's going shitty because you did something it is shitty. You, it you is know, you like, gotta, and if you, you can't fucking change. admit that, yeah. you know, that's the we all hide. We all ain't, oh, nobody yeah. wants their browser history, right? Yep. Yeah. No matter who you are. Nobody wants that. And we all have our own fucking shit in our own closet. Yeah. And we all pretend to be one way. But there's not one fucking person that's really forthcoming with everything. It's very true. Yeah. So, and, and, but if you don't admit that shit, man, you then can't, maybe you, you can't, ever you can't progress it. from that. Well, yeah, because you're yeah. not acknowledging it. So you're never going to put it into action to change it. That's yeah. one thing I really like about. You know, about psychedelics and ayahuasca and things like right. that. It I heard forces, you saying you took that how many times? Uh, probably like twenty something <laughs> times. Crazy. Now. Like dude. started like maybe like four years ago. Yeah. Um, and in I mean, all hallucinogens, uh, but ayahuasca especially the the level of self reflection. I mean, yeah. if you eat mushrooms or acid, you self reflect and you kind of you know look at yourself. Am I a good person? Am I being good in my community with my friends? How am I acting? Am I really being humble? Am I being like this? Yeah. But ayahuasca is like that a million times. It makes you look back through everything. I mean, it literally changed me as a person in, in so many strong ways that it, it's good for me always to kind of have you know take it because it keeps me looking at myself like God. Am I being forthcoming? Am I being real? It yeah. forced me to be a lot more honest with myself. It humbled me. Took my ego down a lot and, and allows me to take myself way less seriously when yeah. I was doing music, right? Yeah, see, that's Going my back problem to that, too. I took myself too seriously too doing critical. music. Not just that's that, artistic but also like people, though. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's important for an artist to a degree, but at the same time, it can be debilitating to your true character as a human. Right. And I think that was what was happening to me. And the only, maybe it was just coincidental, I was able to take myself less seriously after starting to drink ayahuasca, but it was at the same time I stopped, uh, you know, doing music professionally, and, and okay, and I I felt this load off my back that I wasn't taking myself so seriously. I can you can make fun of me, and I'm a cool about it to a degree, obviously. But uh, yeah. I mean, I joke a lot more. I'm a way more happier dude. Like yeah. uh, I like that, and you have to look at yourself all the time and challenge right. yourself. Yeah, you know, acid changed me. Yeah. Oh, dude, up top. My high life, five, baby. my life. Damage goes high five. Same every here. Every time did I did too. acid, my life was fucking. Do you changed. remember what like your first or, or first, second, or third time was like? Oh yeah, I remember most of them. What was like? Yeah. What was something about one of those first ones? Uh, the very so check this out. This is Paint so the crazy. Us, the baby. first time I ever fucking fried on acid, I did it over at my buddy Scott Collinsworth's house, 
And he Shout out Scott Collinsworth. Yeah. Guess who we have in the back, Ryan? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Got some other podcast does he, uh, it. Crab Feast. You guys are funny. I like you. Continue. He, he still lived at home, so we're still like, I think I was maybe 16. Yeah, I was 16 my first, or 15. And, you know, it was like sneak into the house. It was his, I remember it was his brother's birthday, and we like snuck into his room, and back in the VCR days, he puts That's in- That's the thing to play cassette tapes yeah. with movies for all the You couldn't youngsters. just go out and get the movie, right? You had to have a source to where I've gotten this, but he put in fucking John Lennon, John Lennon Imagine, and I watched that. Well, I fried on fucking acid for the first time, and I thought, this is just amazing. Yeah. And I remember looking up, and I can still see the ceiling breathing, because that's the first, first go-to. Oh, yeah. Is this shit working? As soon as the funnies oh. stop happening, you know, you're like looking up, ceilings <laughs> breathing. And here I'm just watching this story about this fucking beautiful human being. And, you know, who knows? Maybe that changed me a little bit into, you know being who I am a little bit about why I care about people and, and you know, mm. or maybe why I don't care about people who fucking knows. But the end of the night, we watched fucking Friday the 13th, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's you know, so it was good and bad. Ones. Good and bad, yin, yin and yang. And I'm a fucking Gemini, and that's the story of my whole life. Uh, yeah. There's always been those two <laughs> different sides. So My first time eating mushrooms, I was 13. I loved my mushrooms. girlfriend at the time, she was 14. It was my first time eating mushrooms and my first time watching The Shining by Kubrick. <laughs> no shit. So it was like double crazy. <laughs> I was not only like, oh, this is fun. Also, yeah. that movie was terrified. Yeah. Um, and then I, my like first or second acid trip, I was like 15 or 16. We were in Boston. We were in Cambridge in Harvard yeah. Square. Uh, I think it was like spring or summer. It was warm. We were running around and, and just young kids tripping. And I remember like I saw this dude with those, you know, you're seeing when people would have like a bee on a string. Yeah. Right? They Somehow they freeze I mean, the I've never alive. seen that, but I've, I've never fucking seen heard of I've it. I've seen it. Yeah. I guess they freeze Freeze the them to tie the rope around anyway, them. So this guy's flying this fucking bee on a string in Harvard Square. And I'm looking, I'm watching it, and I have like this crazy epiphany. And it was like the first time I, I looked at life like a, not like a game, yeah. but like a game. Like I see how everyone plays everything. Business, people, guys, girls, school, like parents. It. Yeah, exactly. I was like yeah. looking at the Matrix. I was looking at like the It grid. opened up. Yeah. And that was well before I'd ever done ayahuasca. Or, or, and people will always say that about DMT. You see the grid. You understand yeah. the thing. But this, that was like my first or second acid trip. No shit. I don't do acid anymore. I did a lot. Ad, well, it's too scary. Too much. Now it, I'll only do mushrooms yeah. and ayahuasca. No more peyote, no mescaline. No more acid. It's been too yeah. too chemically, I would say. That's too much. Wait, there was a period in like my sophomore, junior year where we did it every Friday and Saturday Fuck for like yeah. two months. I used to do that months. shit at school. Yeah, we would do it like we dropped a Friday, like <laughs> noontime. Yeah. And then you'd be tripping all night. Yeah. There was a period of fucking junior high or junior year. Oh, dude, we were doing fucking blowing PCP <laughs> before school at 7.45 in the morning, but we didn't even know it was PCP yet. Yeah. And I was going into like class on dust at eight in the morning. No yeah. shit. Crazy. I didn't know it was what it was though. That's great. Jake dude. Snake fun fact. I fucking like even more now. <laughs> I remember frying on acid at school and I, I thought I had it all worked out. I thought it was a good idea and and then I thought I didn't want to be there anymore and Smart. I skipped school a lot. So in my mind it was, well, you know what, just skip school but, you know, wait, if you just leave you're going to get caught so you better go down to the nurse's office. Fake sick. Yeah. Diarrhea? So That's I'm, a great I'm sitting in the nurse's office frying and literally the fucking the pieces of paper are floating off of the wall in front of me, and I can't even make eye contact with her. Yeah, and and it was a bad show. Eyeballs I didn't. Balls dilated. Yeah, she's uh, 
I didn't go home. I, I stayed there. At school? In, in yeah. the nurse's office? No, not in the nurse's office. I just fucking ended. I I just told her that I would be okay. Was it a bad sick. trip? No, it wasn't bad. Have you I ever did. Had a bad I go, trip? fuck yeah. The first time my parents ever found out I did drugs. Because you was having a bad I trip? I was frying on acid. I got dropped off in the middle of nowhere. Like we took this four way window pane, right? Me and two other buddies. And then they ended up saying that, like, you know, my buddy had his parents' uh, Range Rover. He's like, dude, I got to take this back. I, I can't give you a ride home. And I live like maybe six miles from there. Oh, that's a far walk. Yeah, this. and so, <laughs> and then plus you're on acid, right? And so all of a sudden you're like, what? So they yeah. dropped me off there, and I was like, fuck it. And I remember walking, and I, and I found uh, a buddy of mine. I, I had, was at this 7-Eleven, and so I wandered in, told him what was up, and he scooped me up, gave me a ride home, and I remember, like, sitting. I lived at a cul-de-sac. He dropped me off, and it was that, you know, that typical purple sky shit, Wind blowing, had my bag. I worked at Arby's, you know, <laughs> fucking frying balls. And at the end of the cul-de-sac, all the lights are off except for my house, which meant my mom oh, was fuck, up. You fucked. Yeah. So I walk in. You know, the caught, jig is up. Yeah, it took a long time, but I finally walked in and instantly was my mom. And she's like, Where you been? What do you want? And so I thought it would be a good Mom, idea. Mom, you can't give me a bad trip. Get out of my face. I, I thought it would be a good idea to explain to her what nitrous was and try to play that off. But uh, it didn't work. She didn't, it, you know, I mean, I could go on with this story forever. And, but uh, they ended up finding out that, uh, you know, it was acid and, and I was having a, a trip. And my mom, like, took me to the hospital and oh, shit. Yeah. Brutal. Oh, brutal. Oh, it was, it was, it was horrific, dude. Fuck, dude. That's going <laughs> to guarantee you a bad trip. Yeah. Jesus. What oh, a way dude, to it, fucking ruin it your never, day. Yeah, dude. Dude, it was, it Thanks, was intense. Ma. Yeah, it never got better until like the end of the night, you know. But I remember my mom looked like the elephant man. When she, they put me in this room in the hospital and closed the drapes and turned the fucking lights off. I was like, what? Fucking scary as fuck, Yeah, I remember asking the nurse, like, am I going to be like this forever? And the nurse looked at me and was like, I don't know, you might. Oh, and I was thanks, just like, nurse. fuck, why would you say that? Fucking bitch. Yeah. She's obviously not training drug shit. Yeah. I, uh, I've been really lucky. I never had a bad trip. Oh, on, you got to keep well, going. Well, see, so you know, on all those other ones, ayahuasca is a bad trip. Yeah. But it's a good trip. Okay. It's both. You, you go through both. And you always, at least in my it's experience. It's like purifying, right? Yeah. It's, it can have goods and bads throughout it. It always ends good. Even if it's been bad the whole time, there's this climactic, magical moment when the ceremonies end where it's just awesome. Wow. Uh, so those, those are the only bad trips I've experienced. And okay. they were, oh God, the bad parts are fucking... Horrific. Yeah. But I've never had a bad mushroom or acid trip. I've, had, I've been with friends who had them, yeah. you know, trying to like help them and shit. But I, I don't know why I never... But you know what I think it is? So when I was younger on mushrooms and acid and peyote, some of the things dudes would tell you, and I try to do this, was, you know, trying to... Stay focused and in line and do that, right? And, like, yeah. you know, control it. So the first kind of, you know, a <laughs> few times I drink ayahuasca with my boy and all these people, is he's like, don't fight it. You got to let the magic do what the magic's got to do. It's yeah. going to do, it's going to clean you out the way it needs to clean you out. It's going to give you the healing for you. Maybe not what you want, but what Where you need. Where did you go to get this? The first time, well, my, I got a friend of mine who's in one of the churches that's recognized by the U.S., so he can get it anywhere. He's legally allowed yeah. to administer it. So he lives in Puerto Rico. So that was the first time I went, I went, we we drank it two days back to back down there with him. That was my first couple ceremonies was him alone. Two days back to back, yeah. Wow. And then I would go to like the place in New York City that was where he was going before he moved to Puerto Rico. And then when I moved to LA, he connected me with the LA people. I've done it in Boston, so wow. it just depends. Like there's churches that are recognized. I mean, it's a hard thing. You're not gonna go score that shit on the corner. It's not an easy thing to get. So most of the people who can get it are people who work 
or are part of these recognized organizations. Wow. I wouldn't get it anywhere else because it's a very hard thing to brew. It takes a long time and a special way to do it to sure. make the batches right. So sometimes people have like drank it and they're like, oh, I didn't get anything out of it because they're not, they're getting ripped off or they're not going through yeah. the right source. And there's a certain way you have to do it. And you have to adhere to certain diets and things beforehand to really get the experience. Oh, no shit. Like you can't be on any SSRIs or antipsychotics. There's all kinds of things important to make sure you, A, don't fucking have a bad, bad, bad time. And also you get the most out of it. So, uh, Do you think I'm, a lot of people on antipsychotics are doing ayahuasca? They shouldn't. You're, like, yeah. they, I, the first time, Fuck, I years before not. I even did it, my boy wanted me to bring me to the one in New York. And I was on a lot of SSRI antidepressants at the time. And I went and they, you know, he introduced me to those people. They're cool. And like, I'm just filling out this little form. And then they're like, oh, you know, we can't let him, your boy, do it. He's, he's on these medications. And he, my friend was like, oh, no, he's cool. It's good. And they're like, no, it's, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be horrible for him. So years and later... I was off of all those, and that's when it'll happen. It was fine, but I guess it'll have an, either an adverse reaction, or you may not just get the medicinal properties from it. You gotcha. might just nothing. Gotcha. You know. Um, but uh, fuck, I don't know how we got there. See, now my memory ain't so cool, bro. <laughs> that's that ganja brain. My ganja brain. Yeah. My short-term memory sucks. My good. My other memory's good though. I think that's just part of getting old, though. I think Is it's it? easy to blame it on the ganja, but man, it's just yeah, part of getting I old. I know. At least see, if I, at least I, I gotta smoke weed so I can blame it on the ganja. Because if I didn't, then I'm just an idiot, right? Yeah. I'm just dumb and old. You know what's funny is uh, being clean and sober. Way to rub it in, Brian. You know, I. Yeah. Well, that's funny. That's it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't have a problem with people that drink. You know, uh, good for you. If if that works, yeah, for we you, didn't man. have a problem. You guys did. We're fine. Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> I always if, say it to my If you don't fucking go to jail <laughs> and wake up yeah. and and just fuck, you're fucked, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or if, if you didn't piss the bed, yeah, I've never some never chicks. pissed the bed from oh, alcohol or drugs, dude. That's Thank too God, bad, dude. bro. I've done that so many times. I've, every time I've been to jail, it's never been. I wasn't drunk or high. I, I was used to breaking date the law this girl that way, had but. a futon. And That's all you got to say. Yeah, pissing one of those things, man. I remember waking up and she would toss that thing. Pissed like. You can only spill. You can only blame the spilt beer on your crotch. I've had girls. You know? I've yeah. slept with girls. I've pissed the bed because they were drunk. Wow. And then I've had like friends sleep over the couch. I'm like, dude, what the f Jesus? Yeah. I don't mean I'm, I'm a light sleeper. I think so. I used to drink beer was my thing. Oh, that well, that's why. So and I, I mean, don't. I'm not a beer drinker. Dude, literally. So. so I mean, I don't know if you know this too. I used to paint airplanes, and this was the big. This Ryan was South the big lead. 9/11 ruined that career, but the big lead to my overall consumption or my massive consumption with alcohol was painting aircraft. I was 25 and I was taking home $70,000 a fucking year. A lot of money for a young, for kid. A young man, especially back in that the, and, year. And it was 12 hours on 12 hours off. So within that 12 hour period of time, I needed to get shit done. So I was chugging 18 beers a day. For I don't even know how That's many days. a lot days. of pisses. You got to hit the bathroom Oh, bro. I remember calling my mom. Who, she was a nurse. I'm like, I think there's something wrong with me. I can't even walk to the store no, without pissing. Beer does pissing. that for everybody, though. Yeah. But I think that's what encouraged the uh, the piddle parties for me. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. That was, I, you know what? Uh, it, it's probably a good point because I'm not a beer drinker. And if I have one, I got to piss all night. I got to, especially yeah. on tour, it sucks because I got to jump out of my bunk and piss. Sure. If I'm drinking booze, I don't piss. Beer coffee yeah or even ice which i had to take iced coffee is even double than coffee oh really it's, i think the coffee is the diuretic as it is and then you throw in all that ice and yeah. it's just water and dude iced coffee makes me piss like beer dude wow. fucking all the time yeah. yeah i don't drink iced coffee see i like always want iced coffee even really? in the winter time i only like hot coffee if it's if it's really cold it's like 
warms my hands up. But on tour, I can only have one hot coffee in the morning before I start sweating. I'm surprised you're not a green tea guy. I love green tea. You're like a green tea. I love green tea guy. I drink green tea, but I drink decaffeinated green tea at night. Yeah. Or when I used to be in school, when I write, I like green tea mellows me out. Yeah. When I did music, good for my vocal cords. Sure. But I I did the decaf ones. Okay. Caffeinated tea doesn't do shit for me. Really? I mean, dude, two coffees. Like I've already had two coffees today. You know, I, I, I was just, I got a high tolerance, dude. Yeah. You know, my, it used to have no tolerance and it just gets ruined. When I quit. So the last year of my drinking, I was, I, I rekindled, well, that was the last five. I kind of rekindled my relationship with cocaine again. Well, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Well, I yes. mean, if you're bored, you'd be surprised how much you can drink on cocaine. Uh, Can't I'm, get drunk I'm, on I cocaine. Much, I know how. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But I remember, so I quit it, them both together and. And that's when I started drinking coffee. I'd never drink coffee. Before I started like that. five, six, five years ago, probably with coffee. No kidding. Never had it in my whole life. Yeah, that took the. But when I first started, I was drinking like fucking nine shot espressos. See, and, 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 that's when you started. Yeah. See, I started with one shot was enough of espresso. Wow. And then you know double shot, and then I would have like regular coffees. And now if it's a a tour day, fifteen hour work day, I'm having two to three wow. coffees. At least. It's crazy. Well, it depends. Catering coffee can sometimes be like water. It's sure. bullshit, right? Yeah. So I guess it all depends on the quality of what you're drinking. We got a bunch of Death Wish coffee. Yeah. Shout out to Death Wish coffee. That? Awesome. Right. They sent us a bunch of, um, what you call it, the little uh, K-cups. Cool. So we had the Keurig on the bus, and that shit's strong. Like, that's good coffee. Gets me going. Then I go in the catering, I drink one. It's like, I didn't even have any. Sucks. You know, it's clear. You can yeah. see through the coffee. Ruined you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, my, my tolerance has gotten shot because... I when I was in music and I was in studios and late night shows and I sometimes were driving I'm driving the van after the show after the show that's you know fucked. so I didn't I was drinking like uh, Red Bulls or these things I didn't even like because I hadn't had coffee yet yeah and my dentist was like yo these Red Bulls are not good for your teeth even the sugar free ones the citric acid in them is bad I was like dude but I'm fucking tired man he's like just you should have like, black coffee I was like I never drank coffee he's like don't I was like it's bad for you he's like no no no. Sugar and shit is bad, like we were talking earlier, right? right? He's like, just drink it black, so get an espresso shot. That's when I first, yeah. that was the first kind of coffee I had. So I've never really had coffee with sugar. I've always done it black or with uh, almond milk, and it worked. It was awesome. It makes you poop, but it's awesome. Yeah. Well, the other shit's just milkshakes. Yeah. I mean, so Brian and I always kind of have this, like, <laughs> jokey talk about, you know, people, there's like always that myth that, like, you know, coffee's bad or too much coffee, but it's the kind of shit motherfuckers is getting the caramel yeah. frappuccino sugar daddy fucking milkshakes from, from Starbucks and shit. What, loading that shit up with sugar. When you see the the family coming in and they're 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 all getting one, that fucking kills it's, it's me. It's dessert, dude. It's not yeah. even coffee, bro. If you're having something with fucking whipped cream on it in the morning, Fuck yeah, dude, that's you, you're, you're fucking doing it all yeah, wrong. Yeah, I like my coffee like I like my music. It's just like black and, and full of it. booze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I just. I guess it's probably tasty with all that shit on there. Yeah. Maybe if I wanted a, like a dessert. Well, coffee's kind of gross. You know, what see, I mean, I don't like. I don't mind the bitterness. No. I like kale, dude. Kale's bitter as hell, so I yeah. don't mind it. See, the I almond like milk kale. helps. When I'm drinking cold brew, almond milk or coconut milk helps cut that okay. down. Yeah. But I don't like the sweets. Like, yeah. I figure, fuck. If I'm gonna be high later, I might eat a fucking couple cookies. So why don't I make sure I don't have any sugar now? Yeah. You know, and yo, I'm I'm a um I'm like a label nerd. I like read the labels. Of everything I eat and drink, I'm always curious what's how much sugar. You're like the opposite of every American. <laughs> I grew up outside. <laughs> I, I, I moved to America when I was five, so yeah, I got the outsider's perspective. Did you really? 
You don't know. No, I didn't Jake, know that. Fun fact. All you listeners, you fucking know this shit. Uh, I, I moved uh, here when I was like five. I grew up in Nevis and St. Kitts, which is these sister islands in the Caribbean, in the West Indies. Nice. Yeah. My father owned like a nightclub restaurant. But still American, right? No, no, no. never. It was a British colony, but it was, I think it gained independence the year I was born, actually. Wow. So nothing to do with Not Bahamas. It's not the fucking Keys. It's so nothing you have American. dual citizenship then? No. 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 I'm American citizen now. Okay. But, um... Yeah, it has no, um, I mean, there's expats, but it wasn't a tourist island and none of that shit at the time. Uh, it was a British colony, but yeah. they got independent. So, you know, there's still like the white people that did live there were British people and they owned some of the old, you know, plantations turned hotels and shit, but yeah. definitely not Americanized at all. Yeah. And when I was little, they were like, we didn't get a lot of shit that American islands would have had. You know, like we're, we were eating, even if we weren't like poor, we were like, down there we weren't poor if you're poor down there you live in like a fucking shack yeah 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 so you know but we still had to eat like government cheese they ship in and things like that because we didn't have See, dairy that's, what, that's what most people should experience you know and that's oh, dude, another power, part of humble. no hot showers purposely because it's yeah. disrespectful if power if, goes out every day if you haven't been to a third world country and spent time there you don't know what life's really talk like. about being humbled yeah I yeah mean, when I went to the Philippines I went to visit my girlfriend's uh, family and all along the coastline are these shanties that yeah. are blown down yearly because of the hurricanes. All the time. And, and these people fucking have nothing. But they smile, yeah. and they're friendly, and they're nice. Yep. And all they have is their family and their religion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether you're a religious person or not, that says a lot to... You know, that working for somebody and yeah. making them, you know, and, and you step back because you have a lot and you think like, fuck, I could never do that. That sucks. Yeah. But those people will do that for the remainder of their lives. Yeah. You know, you're visiting their island. They'll never visit yours. I mean, like most of most of my friends that I went to school with down there lived in these tin shacks, right? Yeah. There was very, the, the, the top level like citizens there were usually old British people and they had these bigger housey plantations from Times past when the, it was a British colony, right? Yeah. And then there's no middle class in the Caribbean, right? The middle class is maybe the very few expats or the few like native Navitians or West Indians that had moved up a little, like us. Like we didn't live in those plantation like houses that were big, but we didn't have a shack. We had a cement house. Right. That's where you're middle, and very few of those, right? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And and so like most of the kids I went to school with lived in those little like shacks, you know, and yeah. shit like that. And then where I lived was like a fucking palace to them. And then the palaces were like 80 palaces, you know? Right. Uh, but it was like a third world country. I mean, like it was normal. Our power went out all the time and we didn't live in a brownouts, shack. Brownouts, right? And what they call them was brownouts. Well, I didn't know that. I never heard that before. That's what, that's what they refer to them. In, oh. At least that I've always heard oh. was brownouts. Yeah. I mean, it just happened all the time because yeah. that's just the way it was. And you no know, uh, hot water, you didn't, like if you you try to use it only for laundry, if you even had a washing machine, right? We right. we we got one, so but showers not dude, quick and cold. But you didn't really need a hot shower. It's fucking hot as fuck. It's the Caribbean. Yeah, you just jumped. Uh, in but the yeah, I mean it was normal shit, man. Like yeah. normal, like normal things of of just being exposed to third world shit. Like you go into the city to do errands and run shit. It's gonna the sewer's gonna smell like shit. Yeah, you know I mean there's. Not air conditioning everywhere, but she didn't need it. Like we, I never had air conditioning animals until I was twenty years everywhere. old. Oh, dude, fuck animals, yeah. bro! I had goddamn tarantulas. <clears throat> uh, we call them—they call them donkey spiders because oh, they're God. 
Big and poisonous enough to drop a donkey. Oh, and they're furry as fuck. So those coming out, scorpions, fucking bats, goddamn yeah. centipedes the size of your leg, like that shit. So like when I moved to America, kids would be like, oh, we have mice or roaches. I was like, oh, word, big fucking deal, dude. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I saw my dad kill a tarantula yesterday. I killed a scorpion today, you know? Yeah. And that was in, and that's even if you have a decent house, you know, that's just the, the run of the mill shit. Yeah. Um, so that's, that third world shit actually was a big a big positive, I would say, for me yeah. coming here uh, because I get to see all this shit and, and, and look at it like, man, it's so humbling when you're used to running water going out and things like that. And, you know, uh, it's, it's different, man. We got it. Even as bad as people got it here, and I know people got it bad. I got family and friends. They got it real bad here. It's tough. If you're poor anywhere, it's tough. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then you go to some countries, and if you're poor there, it's, e it's even crazier. Unreal. Know? You know, it's 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 an experience a lot of people don't get. So it's good that you get it. I think that most people should. It should be mandatory. Should. Yeah, yeah. We could pay for kids in schools. They should trips, all right? have to be foreign exchange students yeah, in a third months. world country. You should. Yeah. You should. Um, I think it. I think traveling in general is one of the best educators you can get. Yeah, right? I mean, dude. I'm fortunate enough and you're fortunate enough and so are so many other people that are mm -hmm. in this industry that I would never have seen this country several times over. I would never would have driven this country mm. several times over or seen the shit that I've seen because of this industry. You know, and I'm you, also very thankful for that. Oh, very you know, much. I, I as well as I am. You know, um, it's been a, a, an amazing thing for sure. And you know, you've probably seen parts of the country that people don't choose to see, right? If people do right. choose to travel amongst the states, uh, you know, a lot of times it's coastal cities. Yeah. Or it's Chicago, If you want to get real, get two cities in from the coast. Yeah. You know, and, that's and these are the major see. cities, right? Yeah. Attractions. Oh, yeah. You and I have been to all those, but we've been to the smaller cities. We played the amphitheater 30 minutes outside the city in the middle yeah. of nowhere. When you go through all these little weird Midwestern and Southern cities and towns, you're seeing places that most Americans never see and have an idea about but yeah. have no knowledge of what it's like. And when you see it, experience it, it opens your eyes to a lot of shit. Sure. It makes things not... So um, I talked about this on the podcast a lot. Like when, when, when Trump won the election and shit, right? And I'm in L.A., People are freaking out and like, how could this happen? It's like, I was on tour that whole Same. election cycle. I came no home. No surprise. Yeah. I was on tour that whole election cycle. I saw that coming. That was the Slayer gig. Yep. I oh, that's came, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. I came home from that and I asked my friends. I said, who do you think is yeah. going to win? And you I and told I know. We I were told there, them, dude. there's no fucking way. We were in every little city in it's town. All Trump. In all these places yeah. that people don't go, they yeah. don't know about. And I, I was not shocked at all. The, the biggest thing for me is the denial in, in that whole situation you know america is in denial yes that they elected that motherfucker yeah they want to blame did. it on someone else they want to say it was stolen they and don't want to admit the defeat yeah and going agree, right dude. back with being honest and having yeah. a shitty situation because you yeah. can't fucking be honest yeah, america got the president deserved yeah. someone yeah. voted for him yeah dude it, like look man that's that, blame it on russia all you, you, you want you know, i agree with someone you. did i agree the whole thing that blaming shit is is not wanting to admit defeat wanting to, to find a scapegoat and not admit that Certain politicians and, and, and political factions didn't campaign in places where they should have. Yeah. And people in those places were feeling real fucking left out. And, you know, somebody was speaking a voice that they heard 
Yeah. Uh, not that I agree with it or not. It's not the case. It's just someone was talking to him when no, the other person chose not to talk to them. Yeah. And it's like, I, I use this analogy on the podcast before, right? Like, say you're a dude, right? Or you're a girl. And you got some guy, you know, you kind of like, or a girl or whatever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like you. I'll, I'll come over and visit you. I'll come over. I, yeah, I like you. And you really are more attracted to that person. They're prettier and they're cooler and they got these qualities you think you like better. But yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll come see you. I'll call you. But they never do. And the other person is not as attractive, kind of whatever, but they came over. Yeah. They gave you some time and you'd been so neglected. You'd been so yeah. fucking neglected. You got these huge blue balls and your vagina's all dry. <laughs> and this person <laughs> finally <laughs> comes over. Yeah. And even though you really wanted to see the other person, they just never came. And this yeah. person did. So you're like, fuck it. All right. You know? And I feel like that's what happened. Sure. Yeah. I think it's pretty crazy that finally... People don't really hate George W. Bush quite as much and that's, as they used to. I know, to. and that's weird. It's like, yo, like it, it, now he gets brought up in a, in a yeah, conversation yeah, like, where right. before <laughs> it was like, fuck that motherfucker. Yeah, I know. God, I remember, like, I, I think, I think the Kill second him. the second election he won was the first one I was able to vote in. Yeah, and uh, I remember when it was just like how mad they were, and now they're like, yeah, he's not right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I love like, his paintings. Yeah, he's still <laughs> the same fucking guy you hated like yeah. twelve years ago. Is that dude. the same guy that choked on a peanut? Yeah, it's the same yeah. dude you guys hated. I always liked George Bush, to be honest <laughs> with you. But but here's the thing: I'll clear this up. I don't <laughs> I don't like politics. I've never voted, and I won't vote. And I don't like Trump, so I'll clear that all out of the air right now. But I always liked George Bush because he's a fucking idiot, and I thought he was funny. <laughs> Yo, he was, and everything he did was I, funny to me. I would me. say this like he looked like a guy who, like back before he ever did politics, he probably wasn't a bad dude to hang out with. He looked yeah, like he had fun. He probably dude. fucking Smoked party, some weed, dude. Blow a yeah. lot of a girl's butt. Fucking yeah. drink some drinks. His dad's got money. And then what happened was, I you know uh, the story was he became when he became a born again Christian is when he wanted to go into politics. Sure. When he stopped doing drugs and alcohol, and then got on his weirdo like I'm gonna avenge my dad losing fucking the first Iraq war. Not even yeah. losing, but getting, you know, that whole shit. But I, before he became a born again, I think he was uh, probably not a bad dude. Because he is an idiot. And it makes but you know what, though, funny. true the thing Shitty is, president. with all of the, yeah, but, and that's, why, all are, though, that's why it doesn't work for fucking Trump. Because yeah, you yeah. can't have the same guy twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's already yeah, yeah. been We've done. already had the idiot do yeah. this shit. But, you know, the unrelatable factor with everybody that's a president is their pocketbook. Yep. And, and I can't honestly tell you... That I wouldn't be an asshole like most people think they are because I don't have that money. Yeah. You know, I mean, I always stuck up for Axl Rose, even though I've never met him, don't know him, and probably wouldn't get along with him. But Guess who we got behind door number two? Yeah, no! the Crab Feast, no Axl Rose. But who's to say that he's just not, you know, a guy that's got a bum rap? And, you know, these most of these people in the music industry, they're fucking poor kids with millions of dollars. How do you expect them to act? Athletes yeah. the same way. It's an it's a incredibly drastic change to your lifestyle because kids who grew up with money, not saying you know how to use it, but it's not such a shock to your system. No. And it's not a, a drastic change to your lifestyle. Yeah. And then you hand, like, you handed, you, if they gave, if someone came, literally did come through number Two door with a million dollars for you and me right now. Things might I'm get gonna crazy. tell so many people to fuck well, off. I'm also quitting the tour tonight <laughs> yeah. and we're running away, buying a podcast studio, and we're going. I'm gonna go buy like we're going a to every strip club in Portland in 24 hours. I'm gonna buy like a five thousand uh, dollar glass. Glass. Oh, just yeah, a crazy something piece stupid. Of we're gonna do some dumb shit. Yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down with that. That'd be great. Yeah, I know, but uh, but I think that's a you know that's an important aspect. All these presidents come from some kind of financial yeah. backing. You know, they're puppets, dude. Oh, yeah. And well, that's the other this. thing about it. Like he, we know this. But he's a clown. 
but but sure, they're all sure puppets. Trump, yeah. man. I mean, he's they just there's just something and he's wrong. a clown for sure. But you know what? Someone's encouraging him to act that way, and none of those people make those shots. None of those people call the shots because if they fucking did, we'd have a wall being built right now. Yeah, we'd have all this other fucking yeah. like backwards That's shit all going hoopla on. Shit. There's the only yeah. fuck thing that 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 really you know set me off about him was when he he defunded uh all of the shit that we've done to move forward and separate ourselves from a third world country and and in environmental issues you yeah. know that that's, that was dumb that's just dumb worst. because yeah, we're all going to it doesn't yeah. really matter what side of the thing you're on uh we all need planet earth yeah. you know and uh it, you can't be like, I don't care if someone is believes in flat earth or not, like whatever. I don't, but I, if you do whatever, but you can't deny certain environmental damage we do. We all have to be on the same page about that. Not even you know? that, getting rid of Planned Parenthood and all yeah, that shit. What yeah, about dude, birth control for these people? Yeah. I know, we don't need more people. Birth yeah. control is a good thing. Well, we don't need more people born into families that didn't want them. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. Yeah. You know, because then you're neglected and you grew up uh, yeah. just and then, as bummed and, out. And dude. then you can't be provided with the adequate needs to grow up right because you someone's got to spend money between four kids instead of three or two right. or whatever you know? yeah those christmas right, you got to make sure your pullout game's good gentlemen pull your penises out <laughs> buy a fucking condom i know they suck but wear one something can't get pregnant if you're, if you're just getting mouth hugs that's true mouth you can get simplex too <laughs> i've been working this damn job for a minute now Back and forth to the Costco, I gotta cut it out, yeah Taylor wanna seal the deal, yeah, she wanna play house now Shit, I'm only 21, that's a lot to deal with now Man, I gotta leave the city, my chick got the iffy Swear the whole thing tear me, get it now, I gotta get it now Gotta put it in position, gotta go and make a difference My palms been itching, oh no, oh no Don't you look back, no, don't you slow down don't you look down, we're at new heights now All on my feet and my heart I'm on my way, on my way now I'm on my way, I'm on my way Hard work done paid off, said I'm on my way Stay on my way, said I'm on my way Hard work done paid off, I'm on my way Where you at now? Where you at now? I'm the talk of the town, I got sipping now I'm ducking obstacles now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gave them two cents, then they drew me up a blueprint. Oh, yeah, holla, hallelujah. I've been dreaming lucid, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had to leave the city, had to do the heavy lifting. It didn't happen in an instant. No, it didn't, baby, no, it didn't. Had to put it in position, had to go a long distance. My palms been itching, oh, no, oh, no. Don't you look back, no, don't you slow down. Don't you look down, we're at new heights now All on my feet and my heart I'm on my way, on my way now I'm on my way, I'm on my way All work done paid off, said I'm on my way Stay on my way, said I'm on my way All work done paid off, I'm on my way I'm on my way, I'm on my way
never touch the ground oh. Don't you know it's been a minute I'm on my way I, I'm on my way Hard work done paid off Said I'm on my way Stay out my way I, Said I'm on my way Hard work done paid off I'm on my way You know it's been